Welcome to Chasing Three Hours, a podcast about what runners are chasing, why they keep pushing themselves, and what keeps them curious. I'm Josh Peterson. Today's interview is with Chris Whitney, who recently ran MS Run the U.S. for the second time in three years. We talk about the process and training for running well over 100 miles in just a handful of days. Also, we talk about returning from injuries, what that can do to somebody mentally, and how to overcome that. Not to mention why Chris loves running and what he hopes to get from it in the future. Enjoy today's interview with Chris Whitney. Chris Whitney, thanks for joining me today on Chasing Three Hours. My pleasure, man. Uh, Happy to have you here. I begin every podcast, this is now episode three, by asking a question. Now, I know the answer for you, so I'm going to have to rework it. Normally, I ask, how was your run today? You haven't run today, so I'll ask instead, and maybe this is how I'll rephrase it now moving forward, how was your most recent run? It was really good. Um, last night, so uh, Wednesday night, I was able to hit up my usual spots, uh, run with the crew at Cross Strain. They've got uh, Wednesday night running clubs. So uh, just yeah, a pretty nice flat run on the, the uh, Papio West Trail there. So I usually get in about six and a half, start at the brewery. I head kind of northwest till it meets up with Q Street and back. And that's uh, just uh, right on the nose at six and a half miles. Felt great. First run since... Uh, since the big run, which I'm guessing we're, we're here to talk about a little bit further in depth, but uh, yeah, it just felt smooth. It was a little warmer last night, but man, those miles, they, they were easy. I was going to ask you, uh, yeah, we are now, what, a few days, four days after you finished running uh, over 100 miles over the course of five days. We will certainly spend some time on that in this conversation. How is the body feeling coming off of that, and how is the body feeling coming off of that compared to the last time that you did it back in 2021? Body feels great. Um, you know, I think comparing it to two years ago, it was a thing where I hadn't really been able to think about it enough. I just went out and ran and really didn't think much about it afterwards. I, you know, I kept running. I was in the midst of a run streak where it was something I was like, well, I'm going to see how far I can go. And so I got to, you know, at least, uh, you know, two miles every day for about half a year. And so I think eventually, it took a little bit after the completion two years ago for my body to really catch up and say, yeah, we're going to have to put a stop to this. You're going to need to take a break. But um, yeah, right now, I mean, I feel pretty good. I, I guess since I kind of missed a bunch of time, I'm, I'm trying to get back into it and reward myself for, for getting the hard work done and being able to come back and run. But feel pretty good. I mean, really nothing nothing to complain about at this point. We'll, uh, we'll get to 2023 in, in a little bit. Let's go back to why you started running in the first place. I always love hearing from people and their origin stories. For some, it's, you know, hey, I just got into it a few years ago. For others, it's I was running in high school in cross country. Where does running begin for you? And I guess if you could, the difference in your appreciation for it now versus when you first got into it however many years ago. Running for me began in high school. I was somebody who I went to a larger high school, Lincoln Southeast, and so they were uh, very good at most uh, most sports, including the ones that I thought that I could play, uh, baseball and basketball, which uh, getting to Southeast, uh, I could not play, as it turned out. So uh, junior year, I had some friends that had done track and field the year before and you know even freshman year. And so junior year, I was like, well, baseball is clearly not happening for me. Uh, let's try something else. So I did running. I thought about doing sprints because I was kind of built a little bit more like a sprinter, a little, you know, heavier set with, you know, a little enough muscle, I guess. And I thought, no, most of my friends are doing distance. So let's see how this goes. 
I'd done the mile run, obviously, in PE growing up. I was, it was okay, you know, for somebody who didn't run. Like, I think I put forth a pretty good effort usually, but... Well, that first that first track practice was was kind of rough. I yeah, I think it was just like a three mile run, and I was like, I don't know how people do this each and every day. But eventually warmed up to it. It was really just more of a participatory thing. I you know I think my five k record for cross country I think was like around twenty two minutes, so it was not great. Um, you know, same for track. I did the eight hundred in the mile and was just you know there basically. Yeah. Take Got up letters, space. I assume you letter. Did letter, yeah. yeah. Not uh, not really too many varsity races there, but uh, yeah. we got the letter, got the jacket, all that sort of thing. So didn't really give running much of a thought after that. Got into college and you know did college things and uh, didn't uh, didn't take running uh, into consideration really until a couple years after I got out and a bunch of friends were training to do the Lincoln Half Marathon. So this is about 2010. So I'm about 25, 26 years old at that point. So I thought, okay, this might be something we can do. And so we trained up for it, ran it in, I think, 156 was my time. And it's like, yeah, this is really fun. This this was cool. I had a great time doing it and then didn't stick with it. Yeah. It was just kind of one of those things where, oh, I'll just roll out and I'll do the half marathon next year. And so a couple times I didn't do it. A couple times I did. It sucked. I struggled through it, you know, walked a bunch and just did not have a great time with any of those. So it was it was a long struggle up until about 2020 when I really decided, hey, this is what I want to do. I really want to get into it again. Yeah, it's interesting, Chris, because so it seems like you and I, we, we kind of had a similar journey where I also ran, you know, track and cross, cross country. I also lettered, you know, I was solid enough, never put in the effort out time, outside of school, though, to really, you know, become good or, or great at it. Mm-hmm. And then I would run in races. My first race was in 2013. The beginning of 2013 was my first half marathon. And so after that, it was the on and off again. Did you ever have a moment? before 2020 in that stretch where you you did think like wow this is maybe I'm enjoying this more than I thought I would or or you have a stretch where you're like this is cool I want to see how far I could push myself whether it was like a week or a month or or was it just kind of that you know up and down roller coaster throughout those years I'd say it was mostly the up and down roller coaster I I kind of so 2019 I did the Lincoln half again and I think I finished in like 228 or 229, just under 230. And I hadn't really trained that well for it. But I was like, okay, this felt a little better than two years ago when I had done it. And it was, you know, a worse experience. It was just really hot and I didn't didn't run very well. So then November 2019, I'd signed up for the Havsey, the Good Life Havsey. And I did a little bit more training. You know, I only ran outside a couple of times. It was mostly treadmill kind of stuff. But I finished in 208. And so I was like, okay. Like, this is good. I think I'm I'm enjoying this enough. You know, the hard work still needs to come, but it's feeling better than it did. And so then I set the goal, let's try and get the Lincoln Half in 2020 under two hours. And started the training well enough, pandemic starts, uh-huh. we're at home, and then, well, that's pretty much all to do. You know, it was either stare at my wife all the time or go running. And so... Did enough of column A, went to column B, ran a lot, and uh, really just ignited that passion again. Yeah, so what changed then for you? Because, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, what changed in 2020? It, it can't just be, you know, that you suddenly loved it overnight, and it's kind of hard for me sometimes because, I, I mean, it kind of did feel that way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know I can kind of find these moments throughout that year where I realized that my relationship was changing with it. Did Was there a moment that you had or or... When you look back on that, is can you figure out what what was different about you in 2020 versus you in 2019 and, and before? 
Uh, one thing that finally happened was I was able to to quit a bad habit. I was able to quit, you know, smoking, so that helped. I was a pretty light one at that, but uh, you know, just here and there and picking those up, and so eventually I just got to the point. You know, the pandemic started. And I was like, well, probably should really start to think more seriously about this because I mean, there could be pretty bad consequences for this, you know. And so I was like, okay, this is the sign I need, and was able to do that, and so was able to stay strong through that. And then, yeah, it just kind of became a thing that I started to look forward to every day. It just became part of the routine because, I mean, we were working from home. So it was nice to just have that, A, not have the drive to and from Lincoln every day from Omaha. So I had, you know, an hour and a half of my day back. And it just kind of made sense. It was like, okay, start the day with a run. Great. If not, okay, maybe go out over the lunch hour or, you know, at the very least, you know, right when... Closing time is, you know, we would get off at 4.30, 4.45. Hey, let's go for a run then. So it just became something I look forward to every day and to the point where if I wasn't doing a run, then it seemed like something was kind of missing out of the day. And so with the, the gym, was not, was closed for a little bit. That, that really took the spot of that. And then when the gym opened back up, I was able to kind of mix both of those. But I definitely liked going for a run a little bit more. So I, I know I had a moment, and I think I mentioned this last week with Derek, but where, you know, so at the beginning of 2020, I decide, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give this running thing a go one more time. I want to lose some weight. Um, I want to, I want to, then I sign up for Lincoln and I want to have a good race. I want to finally put my best foot forward. And at a certain point in early March, cause things are going well, I'm, I'm really falling in love with running in a way that I hadn't even, even with my successful races, uh, in the half marathon before that, where I say it's time, I'm going to give the marathon one more go, and three three days later, everything everything changed. And I always look back at that moment, and it's not like revisionist history of a fork in the road. I remember thinking to myself, okay, I can I can keep running, but I don't really have to train now because there's not going to be a race. And what am I going to do? Go run on my trail by myself, which is what I did, um, <laughs> or or I can I can do that. I can keep this thing going because I'm I'm really finding success in a way that I've not had that before. You signed up for Lincoln. At the yep. moment I don't believe that you signed up for anything else for the rest of the year. No. But do you have a similar moment where you're thinking this is like weird that I am training essentially for something that doesn't exist anymore? I don't think I ever thought of it that way. I mean, I I, I know doing the virtual component of it that was a little bit different, a little bit weird to think about. And so when I started to see people complete their virtual portions like earlier in the month, you know, closer to actual people race did day. did do it early. That's right. Yeah. And so I was like, OK, well, I still feel like I'm not quite ready. And I was going to give it a go like kind of middle of the month. And then I tried one Saturday and like my knee was just giving me all kinds of fits. And so I was like, okay, I need to kind of need to tweak something a little bit with my my stride just a little bit. And so that fortunately helped and did give it a go. I believe it was on Memorial Day that year. I think it was May 25th, but uh, did go out and do the virtual thing. So I got it done in 154, like felt great. And so then I think, yeah, for that point, then for me, it was like, okay, now what? Do you keep going or do you stop? Yeah. Had you been someone who after, I assume after your races prior, you were just like, all right, now now, now I'm done for a month. Yeah. I did not have any other races. Like I hadn't signed up for any other halves. There was no like 5K, 10K, even mile things. Uh, You know, it was pretty much just look forward to that and then. Okay, what 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 now? And previously, after races before that, had you usually taken like some time off or because like I know when I had my so I ran a half in like 2013 and then mm-hmm. I think the next one was like 2016 ish and I remember always looking 
forward so much to the race not not even for the metal or the beer but i always just like sweet now i don't have to run for a little bit like yeah. so was that different for you too in 2020 when you yep. run this race and you're like i want to keep going instead of i have to keep going or any of those types of things uh, absolutely it was i got done and so then i kind of took a little bit of time off you know july came around i ran a little bit in june just to kind of keep with it but yeah july there's like a couple weeks where i ran like once or twice that you know start of the month and then I think I that's don't know. when we started running together. Yeah, and then we started running together. I just kind of thought, okay, well, you know, the Havsies coming up. I'd like to, you know, put forth a good effort for that. Um, you know, hopefully below what I'd had at 154 for the Lincoln half. And so it just kind of still became part of the routine. I realized during those weeks, hey, that this was something missing. It was nice to take a little bit of a break and reflect and kind of evaluate where I was and what I wanted to do. Uh, the gym was back open at that point, so I did kind of hit the gym a little bit more uh, frequently there and got used to that. But yeah, previously in the years where I would do the marathon, uh, half marathon and suffer, oh yeah, it was it was after it was done that that was it. I mean, running was not even at the anywhere close to the top of my mind as far as things I wanted to do, and and I didn't. Yeah, you know, I didn't, and I think that's part of why. You know, trying to train for that over the years and failing at it was, I looked at it as a, not really a punishment, but a task. You know, I had to do it. Yeah. I'd signed up for it. Better get your money's worth, which, you know, 50 bucks, you can you can spend it on far worse things and not get your return, I guess. But that's how I looked at it. And so once I fell in love with running again, then my mindset changed because I had other races to look forward to. And, you know, I really did want to go out and put forth a good effort. You know, I, I've always looked back at that year and I can find the tangible running reasons for why my relationship changed. And, you know, the one that I always talk about with everybody is that I just started running slower. And then, you know, then I wasn't finishing runs feeling exhausted all the time. Mm -hmm. But I have to imagine that the year and it being like a a, I don't know, safe place maybe doesn't isn't the right way to describe it, but just that the the moment of me, my thoughts, um, just kind of doing what I want to do and dealing with all just there was so much crap. I mean, obviously, election year, the pandemic, um, the I mean, just the summer of of racial you know division or strife in the country. Like, how much do you think that changed your relationship with it? That it was a a place for you where you could do something for yourself to maybe help you physically and mentally. Yeah, that I, that's, you know, I think um, something that I discovered certainly along the way was that, yeah, this is the place where you're alone with your thoughts. Sometimes they would gravitate towards the negative things like the stressful things in day-to-day -day life. Um, or sometimes, you know, they'd be just happy thoughts. And I think, you know, as my running journey kind of evolved, um, and especially over the last year, it's really been a space where, yeah, you do think about those stressful things, whether it's at work or relationships or things in the news, stuff like that. But I kind of came to the realization, it took a few years, but I'm in a much better space when I go out there and just, you know, just think happy. You know, you can't always do that. There's some days where it's just not in the cards, but those days where you are pretty happy and pretty excited to be out there and thinking about good things. Um, that, that that really propelled me. But I think going back to those days that you're talking about there, 
uh, yeah, it was a space to kind of get away from it all. It's not that I wanted to, to be away from my wife, but I mean, we're just living in the same house, you're not all, going anywhere. We're pretty much home together. trapped there, the cat's around and never leaving either. So I got to go out and do something. And so, yeah, that was my space to kind of collect and, hey, maybe see Josh out on the trail or maybe see uh, the hundreds of thousands of other people that seemingly had the same idea and going around Lake Zerinsky all the time like I wanted to. But yeah, it was just a good space to kind of... Um, you know, kind of become at peace almost, yeah. you know, and just kind of gets out those frustrations or, you know, have a chance to, to think about really good things for a while. So 2020 comes to a close. You, as you said, so you've run two halves in 2020. That is now brings your number to what was the number then at that time that you had run half marathon wise? Uh, you had a handful? Yeah, I think it was the halves. Yeah, I think would have been number six, which I PR'd pretty heavily there. I broke 140 and was just over the moon. It was kind of a weird day running. It was. Wasn't it cold? It was kind of cold and it was kind of a stronger wind from the northwest. And so with a halfsy. As you go into downtown and like the final half of the race pretty much is into that wind along normal boulevard and everything. And so I just kind of was like, okay, I think I can, you know, beat what I did last time. And so I just kept the miles under eight and then eventually they were closer to 730. And I think I had done the calculations with like a mile to go. And I was like, okay, we, if we do this and this time we'll break 140. And that was so unheard of to me. I was, I was still in shock when it happened. And so you, you PR by... About 15 minutes, By yeah. 15 minutes. So you just destroy your old time. And so you're going into 2020, and this is going to be, it's going to be a huge year for you. Yeah. Um, because you are about to do uh, Run for MS for the first time. Yeah. When did you, so I guess first, what is that? Right. Um, and when did you decide that you that, that was something that you wanted to do? MS Run the U.S., it's it's an organization based out of the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area that basically does that. They, they run across the country to raise funds for uh, people that have multiple sclerosis. And so my connection there, my mom um, has had MS for about 35 years, so about four years after I was born when she was diagnosed. And, you know, it's been pretty rotten for her. I mean, she's been wheelchair-bound for about 20 years and... You know, had a lot of her life taken from her, unfortunately. You know, she was a very mobile person, somebody that, you know, we'd go on walks together and be, um, you know, at a lot of events, things like that. And unfortunately, that's, you know, wasn't the case after after a long time. And um, so that's why I got involved with that. Um, how I got involved, I uh, just kind of remembered hearing some stories about the organization and just saw it pop up on Instagram randomly during the summer of 2020. So what the organization does, it raises money for people with MS, but they do a relay each year across the country. So it starts in California in April, goes all the way across the country through Nebraska, through Milwaukee, Chicago area, and finishes in New York City in kind of mid to late August. And so along the way, there's 19 different segments. Each runner runs a particular segment of the country. Some are as short as five days, some are six, some are eight, uh, seven, some as many as eight days. And so I saw this and was like, okay, this is a really cool thing. The the woman who started the organization, Ashley Schneider, uh, started for her mom who had MS and unfortunately passed away a few years ago. But she started it in 2010. She ran across the entire country by herself. Crazy. Um, I think That's she was awesome. maybe like at that time, like the 19th or 20th woman to accomplish that feat. Yeah. But so her story really struck a chord with me. I was like, okay, this is cool. I remember seeing stuff about this in the past. Like, um, there's, there's just some good possibilities here. I thought, well, I'm really kind of getting into running. I'm not quite at the point where I can run six marathons in six days. I didn't think, 
So I wanted to be like an ambassador for the organization, just help fundraise, maybe tell the tale, um, organize some local efforts, things like that. I'm not sure exactly when it was. It was towards the end of the application period for the year ahead, but I thought, well, you so know sometime what? sometime in 2020. This is probably October of 2020, early okay. October. I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and apply. What's the worst that they can do? They'll say no, but we'd love to have you as an ambassador, which is my goal anyway. So missed an email that was looking to schedule an interview about this, <laughs> and then they were like finalizing the team, kind of a one last email. Hey, like we're trying to get this together. Would you want to talk about this? And so then I saw that and was like, oh yes, absolutely. Let's 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 talk about it. And so interviewed with Ashley's husband, Aaron, did the first thing, kind of felt things out. And then Ashley talked to me for a little bit and they selected me for the team. And so I had talked about this with other people. I was like, hey, this is a pretty cool organization. Maybe I'll do it next year. And that turned into, oh, I'm doing this next year. That this next year is now. And so that you would have learned that what like in at the in the end of the fall or early like twenty late twenty twenty right is yeah, when you officially learned kind that it's of be you? Uh, like middle of October I'd okay. say so it was a couple of weeks after I'd gotten that finally seen that email like hey you know let's interview let's talk about this and so you are going to do segment nine yep. in twenty twenty one and so that requires you to run how many miles and how many days so this was from the segment was from Ray Colorado to Holdridge Nebraska so it was six days one hundred and sixty five miles so it equates out to be about 27, 28 miles each of those days. And at this moment in time, you've never run a marathon before. Nope. And and you're basically going to do an ultra every day for for that many days in a row. Yep. And so <laughs> at, as the calendar then flips to 2021, what is the mindset, I guess, that you are... Because there's really not a plan for this, first of all. You can't just log on Hal Higdon, you know, 150 <laughs> miles in five days. You can't, there is no, I mean, you can find, I guess, an ultra marathon plan. You also want to run your first actual marathon in this moment in time as well. Yep. So what do what does the early part of 2021 look like for you? Fortunately, the coach that the organization has, um, she had run this before, and she's kind of like the coach now for everybody. So she had put together a plan for it. And I think it was about an 18 week plan. So there was um, part of the plan, which is called the playground, where it's basically just kind of doing some fun, you know, building mileage exercises and stuff like that. By the time 2021 rolls around, I mean, we're still working at home. I'm putting in like 40, 45, 50 mile weeks, like running every day type thing. And so I'm like, I'm really feeling good. First part of the year starts, like I, I bust out. I'm trying to think how many miles I did that month. It's like well over 200, basically. But that kind of kicked off a stretch of about six straight months to start the year, which included um, MS Run, where I was running, you know, between two and 250 miles a month. I think I peaked at you know, around 270 or 280. But yeah, it was a lot. I really went after it. I put in some heavy miles. They were hard miles. I pretty much had one pace and it was, you know, kind of in the sevens. I mean, you gave me a lot of crap for it and I didn't understand it right away, <laughs> but I was so new to everything. I was excited. I was just like, I am excited. This is what I love. This is what I want to do. And I didn't really think much about some of the long-term ramifications. I mean, I was able to train up for MS Run. It was great. Had a rough first day, but got acclimated pretty quick to everything, whether it was the heat or just the mileage, and just absolutely went out and crushed it. And then, yeah, I think reality kind of set in after that. So, like, when you look back at the, you know, I guess if you want to, how you would describe the paces that you're running, just that one pace. Like, do you look back, and and, and less even maybe the, I wish I wouldn't have done it that way. Are you amazed at just that you were able to do it that way? Because I know sometimes I'll get out of a training block, Mm -hmm. and I'll look back at like a run, like I could pull up a run on my phone from March, and I'd be like, wow, 
Like, that was a really incredible run that I was able to do that. I don't know if I could do that run today, which is weird because it's not that long ago. You're now two years removed and two and a half years removed from the early portion of that year. Yep. Like when you think about that mileage, how your body was able to hold up, are you kind of like surprised, amazed at like this two-year younger version of yourself? <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, I pretty much would just go out and, you know, some days I'd try and run faster, especially if they were, you know, some of those days where it was, you know, like a Wednesday where I'd run a cross train or whatever and have some flatter terrain or if it wasn't uh, super cold or a lot of snow, which that, that winter we did have quite a bit of snow. Yes, we did. So there was a lot of days where I was having to, to really be careful with the snow and, and, the, and the ice, which I wish would have carried over to a little bit later, which I'm sure we'll get to. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was looking back, it was, it was pretty interesting just to see the progression. Um, the heart rate obviously went down as you got more comfortable running with things. I mean, I was pretty much in between, you know, about seven and a half and eight minute pace for any type of run, whether it was a four mile run or a long training run of like 15 to 20 miles. And so yeah, it is pretty interesting to go back and look at some of those runs and and oh, this was supposed to be an easier run, but it was just the same as all the others. What what did you what were the weekend long runs like? What did you peak in terms of mileage with those? Longest run I did was a couple of weeks before the Lincoln Full. So I did the Lincoln Full, finished in 340 uh, 55. So that was just to kind of like it wasn't really a race. I didn't race it. I just went out there and ran it to do the distance. And it was because you'd never done it before. No, I'd never done anything that long. The longest run I'd done in training was, I think, 20 or nine, maybe 19 or 20 miles. And it was just around Zerinsky. And so I did, I think, two full loops and then another loop around the west side. So whatever that mileage was, you know, 19 or 20 miles. But yeah, those were all about eight minute pace. I mean, it felt comfortable to me at the time. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't working that hard. And would kind of take a little bit of a break to, you know, just go to the car and get some hydration or, you know, do some gel or whatever. But for the most part, you're you're just going and going and just going. Just going and going. Just listening to my music and making it happen. At this moment in time, was your, like, I guess, how would you describe the relationship that you had with running given that, you know, I think we all love it in our own ways. Mm-hmm. And then that love is, is a, maybe a different level, either more or less during training periods for a, a marathon or a half marathon or whatever it is. You're you're training for something else entirely. Like, did you feel pressure? Were you still, I guess, were you still having fun? That's a long way to ask, were you still having fun? I was having fun. You know, I didn't really feel the pressure then. I think I felt it a little bit more this time around with, you know, just finishing up. But that time it was it was still all new to me. This amount, the amount of mileage, the experience, the the heavy training, that was all new to me. And I loved every second of it. It was fantastic. It was just mind blowing to me that, you know, a year before that I was just getting into running, but here I was, I'd made all this progress had had all this fun. You know, it was nice to, to get the, get the, the admiration and the, everything else from other people. And so, I mean, I, I felt like a million bucks. Like it was great. Like I had this purpose. I was working towards it, this thing that was so far away and I was ready to kick ass at it. Yeah. And so it was all it was all just kind of a, a big positive experience and you know i think maybe in the long run uh, could have been a bad thing but at the time boy i sure had a lot of fun what was the uh, i did want to ask you about the lincoln marathon before we get to the actual running uh, across a lot of the state itself but um, that day is interesting for you in that you're in the car and you're how many miles down the road <laughs> we're pretty much at waverly so about 15 miles outside of lincoln and yeah. so how what I guess you just tell the story. What what happens from this moment on? 
So we get to Waverly. This is maybe, I don't know, 6.15 in the morning, around probably closer to 6. And so I realized, oh, um, I didn't bring the shoes that I wanted to run in. And not only that, but I didn't bring the other pair that I was thinking about. Because I had a pair of uh, a little newer shoes. I put maybe 100 miles on them, if even that many. And was going to either do those or another one that was a little more broken in, like maybe three or 400, you know, between um, just different pairs of Brooks Ghosts. Yeah. And so we get to there, Waverly, and turn to Lindsay, my wife, and yeah, I did not bring either pair of those. Um, just walked right by them in the garage and didn't even uh, bother to grab them. So, uh, but you did have running shoes in the vehicle. I did. Fortunately, I have. I was wearing a pair of older Ghosts that I'd run, you know, a couple of the half marathons in, and they were just sort of like everyday shoes at this point, not really shoes I ran in anymore. So I was like, well, guess we're going to have to run 26 miles in these because it's either that or the flip-flops I brought, and that's not happening. Last week uh, when Derek Lowski was on, one of the things that we talked about was the early days of running and like how we know so little and what we end up learning o- over time. And so I ran, let's see, four four marathons before I, f- I started having multiple pairs of shoes to run with during the week like there was one there was one month or two stretch after the christmas in 2020 when i had just purchased a new pair of shoes and then i got another pair for christmas and so i would alternate on days but it took until basically a year ago this month when i i needed a new pair of shoes and i went to peak performance and robin there said to me you know you should probably have multiple pairs of shoes it wasn't until last year's uh, Chicago Marathon that I finally ran a race in super shoes. And so it's it's wild that, you know, I have this whole experience of falling in love with running and setting all these PRs and I'm doing it with trainers that I run with now on my easiest of easy uh, runs. And and one more thing, you know, we, we, we often will post the pictures of our clothes laid out the night before a race and I'm sure that there can be some vanity in doing that. But after what happened with you, I thought, you know what, it's a good reminder though because I will post a picture but I will then have all of my stuff in the room where I will go the following morning. So if, yeah. if anything, I guess that's like a lesson to be learned of like take the flat picture of your clothes and running stuff and even all your goose because then it's all going to be right there. Yeah, that, that was a lesson hard learned because I was taking those pictures but i didn't include the shoes usually and so from that moment on <laughs> oh yeah include the shoes hey dumbass put the shoes in there yeah. too let's put the whole outfit out there how did, how did the race go like just given you never run the distance and you're doing it on old beat up shoes like were you i imagine that there was a part of you it was like man i don't feel like i i was able to give my best that day but given the circumstances were you happy with it I, I was really happy with it. It was kind of a weird day. It started out kind of cloudy, but it was sort of humid. And so the back half of the race, which is uh, notoriously more difficult than the first half can, in terms of confirm. Um, crowd support, the weather usually starts to warm up, um, you know, a lot faster. And it's faster. a down and back. Yeah, you know? it is. And it's just not the most fun uh, route necessarily. And so I remember getting done. I remember thinking before the race, I was like, okay, when we get to the point to like turn and complete the half, am I am I going to want to do that? But I was pretty dialed in. Like I felt comfortable the whole time. I was locked in at about an eight eight minute pace. You know, I was just like, okay, let's try and keep around here pretty pretty consistently. Like heart rate was good, felt good, wasn't really running too hard, and so that went pretty well. Um, did start to kind of feel maybe a blister on my foot about mile ten, but it really wasn't too bad. So I just kind of was trying to put it out of my mind, not really think much about it. But 
Yeah, it didn't really get too hard until my my feet did really start to hurt about mile 21, 22. It was on the way back, and it was really starting to get to be a pretty warm day at that point. And so I did walk a little bit there, here and there to finish, but overall pretty pleased. I mean, was able to get the distance done. Uh, that 340 time, you know, I initially was like, okay, A, the goal is just to finish. B, eh, maybe around four hours. We'll see how it goes. Um, so hitting a 340, you know, I was I was over the moon. I was like, this is great. Like, I I think if I'd actually, like, trained and ran harder, you know, maybe a little bit, it could have done a lot better and, of course, had better shoes, too. So that is early May of 2021. Yep. And then you will go do all of that mileage in early June. Yep, for so, MS run. So what does the rest of May look like? In t- I mean, normally after a marathon, you got the recovery time. Normally before that, you have a nice taper. But you're preparing for hundreds of miles to run. And so you just keep on going, right? Just keep on going, yeah. The next day, um, I think it was like 15 or 16 miles was on the docket because that's the most important thing with the MS, training, MS run training plan is just emphasis on time spent on your feet and so that just happened to be like the heaviest week where the training lined up with the Lincoln full and then the next day was supposed to be a lot of miles um I only put in like three that next day <laughs> like my feet were a little sore so I was like okay I'm gonna work through this we'll we'll get we'll load up on the mileage going forward and I did I think that week I still hit like 55 or 60 and there was a couple of weeks after that where it was you know up to 70 miles which was kind of peak uh peak plan mileage for for all of that so yeah i was i was ready to go like if the run would have started like a couple days after the marathon like i'd have been great so i had that i had that whole month to just keep working hard putting in a lot of miles but yeah i was i was ready to go as soon as the marathon was done at this moment in time do you have any any doubts about about doing all that mileage then over the course of just a handful of days or were you pretty did you feel good with the fitness and and where you were at i felt great i mean just looking at how the plan had played out like i didn't really have any issues that were bothering me my body was good um there was one runner who had struggled earlier um with one of the segments but that was one that was eight days 220 miles and that's one that goes across the mojave desert it goes from barstow to las vegas and so he kind of had some injuries pop up and was struggling a little bit and so i was kind of thinking oh man like this maybe this isn't the great sign but I just remember my training was good. Like I felt great. Other runners started to do their segments and it went a little bit better for them. So I was pretty, pretty confident that, that my, my training had paid off and that, you know, as the saying goes, the, the hay is in the barn. And I felt like it definitely was. What's the feeling like when you finish? Oh, finishing MS run then it was, it was really emotional. It was, it was a lot of me. My mom was out there, my dad, my brother, um, obviously Lindsay, you know, my wife, and then a bunch of friends were out there too. It was, it was a big thing. I mean, leading up to it, telling the story, I had really good media coverage with it. A lot of stories, a lot of interviews. And so kind of the week before it was all important stuff to do that, but I was really getting burned out on doing it. It was so emotional having to tell the story of my mom, uh, my friend, Kevin, who has MS and just trying to convey that importance with, you know, why, why is running going to help this? Like, why is this a big deal for running? Like, why are you doing it? And so that was a little hard to kind of get up and amp myself up to each and every time. But yeah, when I got done, it was, oh, it was, it was one of the better days in my life. I mean, it's, uh, it's still so much fun to look back to. How did that, how do you think those days went for you? Like the actual time on the feet, the running, did it, 
because I, if I remember right, your pace was a, was much faster earlier than it was late. Was were I guess did the amount of mileage did it surprise you and how your body felt and how your body was responding to it? I think maybe it did initially. The first, um, so my plan was to run about thirty miles each day and then have like fifteen or sixteen miles the last day to do so. Those 30-mile days, I tried to split it up into like 10-mile segments because they have a crew car that goes along with you. And so crew car will stop, you know, eh, three, four, five miles, whatever you want. And then, you know, you can get some liquids, get something to eat, sit down for a little bit, whatever you want to do. But I basically had, you know, there's 10-mile segments where I'd break it up. And then those I'd break into like five-mile segments where I would just get, you know, a little bit of, you know, something to drink or whatever. And so... My pace was very quick, uh, very, very fast, way faster than it should have been on that first 10-mile segment to start the first day. Like, I think I ran that 10-mile segment in like 8.45 pace. And so that's the segment where it starts in Ray, and then that basically goes to the Nebraska border. And it's like, oh, that didn't take long. We're back, <laughs> we're back in Nebraska. We're good to go. Sweet. And then the next 10 miles, we're like, oh, okay, this isn't quite as easy. And then the last t- 10 miles that day were, oh, this is terrible. Like, what have I done? This and is that's awful. day one. And that's day one. And so it was really important the next day. I did have a friend. He was en route to Colorado with his family. So they just happened to kind of make that little jaunt down through Benkelman and everything. And so first, uh, you know, first part of the second day was running with him. And that kind of settled me down a little bit. Second day was hard, but got through it. And then pretty much third day on, it was it was a breeze. Like I got stronger every day. Body was getting used to everything. The nutrition was on points. I probably should have eaten a little bit more than I did, but you know, was getting better with it and feeling more strong and more confidence, and, and the miles just really melted away at that point. So at this point in time, it's the middle of 2021. We we started this conversation uh, by talking about how you're doing right now, recovering from the one in 2023. Yep. When you look back at 2021 and everything that follows that in in July, August, September, what is the thing that you look back and you say you say now I'm not going to make that same mistake again with running. Just sort of assuming that I can go out there, doesn't matter where or when, but just do that type of mileage again. That was the that was the thought I had. I you know I had gotten the the the, the mileage done, had completed the relay. It was sort of that feeling. Okay, now what? You know the runner blues. You hear about yeah, it all the time. All like the you time. you do a PR, or you you do some race, uh, you get um, you know whatever that you are working towards, and then okay, now what? Who knows? And so my goal, I think then I didn't really have one. I mean, I guess the pie in the sky, the big goal was, hey, let's get a BQ. Let's let's work towards that. Let's, um, you know, keep working towards some of these other races, you know, that type of stuff. And so I got done. We were back in the office. It was really a struggle to kind of make that schedule work again for me because mm-hmm. I hadn't really tried or I hadn't had to make it work. Um, you know, my running was really he- at its heaviest was, you know, we were still working from home. And so throw the commute back in there, throw, you know, other things that just kind of take up more of your time when you're away at work, you know, maybe some events that make it a longer day than just getting off at five o'clock. And so it was kind of, um, it was a hard lesson to learn in knowing that, yeah, the work still has to go in just because you've done it once. That's not going to carry over. I mean, each individual training block has its own things and you work towards certain levels of fitness. And so being, uh, pretty new, you know, pretty uh, pretty novice with everything. 
that was a hard lesson to learn and one that took me you know the better part of a year maybe a year and a half to fully learn I, I think back I, I was thinking of, of it this morning and our conversations at that time because your I mean your frustration was obvious it, I felt it was pretty obvious you know and, and I remember looking at your runs on Strava and like you know the pace I always and I always tried to tell you hey just slow down a little bit because <laughs> I could tell you it just seemed like you were running a little too fast and your heart rate and you were you were chasing something you were chasing maybe a feeling of what it had been like beforehand and I say that now too as I have gone through my post you know Lincoln stuff that I have also been chasing I'm chasing the fitness or the the lower heart rate of a time in the year when I'm not really going to be able to get it because it's now mid-June and Mm -hmm. the temperatures are in the 70s like that and the humidity is super high um and and so when you like look back at that that time what was that frustration like for you, given that the, you're dealing with the post-race blues, but mm-hmm. you're also like, I'll get, my fitness is there. I, why aren't the numbers showing it? when I? Why don't I feel good when I finish my runs or whatever? It, it took a while to really figure it out. And, and I think that it just became a mental thing after a while. It, it seemed like, okay, I've done all these miles. I've done the, the full. I've done MS run. I should be able to run comfortably at the, these paces, like the, the the paces I was running at in the wintertime and everything, like when I was running 50, 60, 70 miles a week, like this should be fine for me, even though I'm running, you know, maybe 25, 30 a week, whatever it was, you know, gearing up for the next thing. Um, and it just never really felt that way. I think that the heart rate thing kind of got into my head a little bit. The pace certainly got into my head a little bit. And... Um, I wouldn't say comparing myself to other people was a thing because I, I always kind of use that as sort of a grounding mechanism. Like I follow people that are way faster than me. And so it's not to like, oh, I have to try and get their pace. It's just kind of a way to to look at where potentially, you know, things could go or just, uh, you know, just to support other people. Like I don't have to know somebody and like, hey, good job, man. Like yeah, that, yeah. that's awesome, you know, yeah. but up. it was... Um, yeah, I think it was just a combination of all those things. Just a lot of easy running that was not easy anymore. I think it really boils down to that. So what was the plan then going into 2022? So the plan was to do the Lincoln Full again. Um, otherwise, I hadn't really settled on a lot of races. I guess just the normal schedule doing the the 10-mile races, um, you know, the Spring Forward in Lincoln, the Early Birds, um, you know, out at Lake Zerinsky, the home course, if you will. And then just trying to, you know, find that run. I guess I decided, um, yeah, early part of 2022 that uh, I was going to try and go for it up in Bismarck, North Dakota. And mm-hmm. so I had heard people that had done Fargo and had done really well. But then I got to looking a little bit more. I was like, oh, Bismarck's a pretty flat course, too. It's cheaper. You know, it's a little bit different, maybe a smaller field. Let's go for that. So that was the the, the race to set out for, which, unfortunately, after I'd signed up, I realized it was outside the Boston window. And uh-huh. so I was like, well... Okay, we'll do it anyway. You know, if there's one, maybe Lincoln will go better than I thought, which I didn't even get to complete the Lincoln full. It was a terrible day, and, and I had not put in the training for it. I just kind of thought, oh, I can roll out and do a full. I remember that was the day when I think it really crystallized that, like, and I should have just said, like, hey, how are you doing mentally? Because I remember walking up to you. We were in, if you've, if you've never run Lincoln before, it's not like the half starts in one time and the full starts. No, everyone runs at the same time. And so depending on your, your pace goals or your previous race, sometimes people are going to be matched up together. And so we were in the same corral or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking you, like, well, you know, what's your what's your goal? And just the way that you answered it, and you're like, you know, I hope or something. And it was, it was less the, like, I'm going after a 330. It was... We'll see what happens at the turn. And it's like, oh, like I remember in that moment just being like, 
crap, I am worried for Chris. And you you ended up and we so I ran I ran the half marathon that day too. I, that this 2023 was the first time that I'd ever run that marathon or ever run a spring marathon for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I remember checking, you know, getting on the phone and and seeing and and I was like, oh man. I, and so I I, sh- I feel bad. Like I know we talked all the time. Oh, but yeah. I just remember thinking like. I should have just asked him, like, hey, are you okay? Like, is there anything I can do to help out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a thing where it just, over time, it just, like, it built into a pressure thing. I, it was a thing where I didn't want to relay that, no, this this was not a good training cycle for me. <laughs> like, I was not in a good space with it, and things were not as easy as they once were. And I, I really struggled with that because, you know, not just seeing you, but other, you know, friends that were, you know, building up to this and, like, even just the first few miles – being able to, I was like passing them, but then they would pass me a couple miles later because it really started to get difficult for me. And it was, it was quite the journey there. That was, that was a really hard lesson to learn there. And so what was the lesson? Uh, basically that the work, you have to do the work. I mean, just because I had done it once did not mean it was going to happen again. And you really have to respect those training, you know, those training runs, like you have to put in the long runs. I mean, there's no yeah. duplication for, well, you know, I maybe did back to back days of like 10 and then, you know, they, they, they'll be fine. You know, I don't need to do that 18 or 20 mile run, or I don't need to run fast. It's, um, you know, marathon pace for, you know, X amount of miles, six or eight miles at a stretch. And so it was basically, and just not having a training plan in general, um, that, that really was, um, you know, different because I'd had the MS run plan, but that was more about the mileage, not so much about the speed. And so I think it was hard to kind of marry that difference that I didn't have the other one. And that really just sort of continued to to get in my head with everything else. I, I you know, whenever someone is like, hey, how do you, you know, how do you fall in love with running? I always say run slow. And it's like, you know, how do you get better? And I always say run slow. But the, the other thing that I say is the time on the feet is so it's it's bonkers how that changes everything and i remember last year after when i went after the the sub 3 that the f- plan that i did had f- had mileage in the weeks weekdays peaking at 15 mm-hmm. and then mileage on the weekends at times peaking at 22 and the the 15 milers during the week like i look back at those and i i did the same plan again this winter and spring so valuable just because your body, just the the way that you just get used to being on your feet for that amount of time. And I look back at my first two marathons, especially the second one. Why did that go poorly? Well, I wasn't really training well, but I didn't do the long runs. I peaked at 15 miles for Chicago in 2019. It's like, that's it's just not going to prepare you no, for it. It's just not going to cut it. And I think part of it, too, I would get home from work each day and, okay, well, got to go out and run because I didn't do it before I went to work. Oh, that's okay. You know, I don't need to do this six or eight miles. Like, it's fine. Like, I'll just, I'll do it tomorrow. It's okay. We'll, we'll make it happen. So a lot of it was laziness too. It was just the assumption that, hey, I'd done it before. I can do it again whenever I want. So Bismarck is the plan then for the fall. Do you leave Lincoln motivated or defeated in the way that you're going to attack the training for it? I would say I was kind of defeated at first. It was just like this big undertaking, um, you know, summer months kick in and the, the training is, uh, you know, going along with it. It's supposed to be really high up there. So July comes around and I'm, you know, I had done some days running with MS run when it had come through this area and, you know, had run some slower miles, just, you know, walking a lot with those runners that had um, been tasked with running my segments, you know, segment nine or, you know, the the one after that or even the one after that, you know, here through the Omaha area. But so then, OK, got through that. 
then the training was really going to start. So then I had to adjust, and then it became a thing of just kind of trying to run as many miles as I could, splitting it up between running in the morning before work and then you know getting some miles in after work and then having that long run on the weekend. But I never was really able to build up to that really long run you know, with Bismarck. I think my longest was like maybe 14 or 15, and that came like a couple of weeks before. The one that we did together yeah, with some of the other guys? running out uh, in Bennington with that, and so... I think that if I had gotten to that point maybe a month before Bismarck, like I would have been in a better spot, but the training was was okay. Like it was not a great block, but it was able to get up to Bismarck. Did did well for maybe the first like 12 miles, I'd say. It just absolutely poured that day. This is middle of September, but it just rained hard and and rained a lot. And so kind of rolled my ankle with about 12 miles to go and was really questioning whether I should go on. Thankfully, my wife was there. She's like, yeah, we, we drove like nine hours for this. You're going to finish, finish it. And I was like, all right, fine. <sighs> and so Michael did her, but was able to make it through. Finished in 345, so not where I wanted to be. I wanted to at least you know get a PR and get a little bit closer to a, you know, a BQ time. But um, yeah, it was, it was a lesson learned there with perseverance and just kind of remembering how hard it is to get through some of those races at those distances and how you really have to be strong, not only physically, but mentally as well. Man, it's, it's crazy to think. So you've run two marathons now yep. and, and you forgot shoes one time and it was in the middle of training for something bigger. Uh-huh. And then the other one, it's pouring and you twist your ankle. So like, you just have to feel like you, <laughs> I mean, your best marathon is obviously still in front of you. Yeah. And you just have to really feel like crap. Like I just can't, I can't wait to have that day. I know. And I think that that was something that I, I was always okay with. I knew that, you know, you can prepare all you want for a race day. There's always going to be something that happens to trip you up, whether it's the weather um, equipment things, um, you know, maybe your digestion, maybe you're not feeling it, you know, maybe something's wrong with your stomach, whatever the case is. I mean, you're always going to have a little something. And so most of it is like, while it happens, like you just have to push through it somehow. And so I was, I was like kind of peeved a little bit. I mean, I love running in the rain. It's awesome. It's fun. But when it's pouring buckets like that, maybe not the best thing in the world. It, you're going to, you're going to get a marathon that you have been wanting and it's going to be spectacular. The feeling of it is going to you're going to you're going to you're going to cry and it's going to be great. I love your optimism. I I don't share that, but <laughs> no, maybe, you'll get maybe there, Chris. I will. We'll see. Uh you get to the end of 2022 and there was I remember for months, you know, when when I would you'd update something on Instagram and I would go on, you know, your feed and I would scroll and there were these pictures that were back to back and I always felt like damn like it, it bums me out seeing this because there's this one picture and it's so cool because you're standing and you're looking at the highway or the interstate and it's like, I'm doing it again. And then the next picture, your foot's in a cast and it's <laughs> up being lifted. And I, I thought that those pictures for a while, I just, I know I worried like this is going to be a real, real, real struggle over the next few months for Chris Whitney as he approaches what he is going to do. Explain why those two pictures back to back on your feet are so important. So November 2022, their MS Run the U.S. is still looking for somebody. They're looking for a couple of people, but they were looking for somebody in one of those segments to do segment nine again. So the same segment I had done in 2021. And so I thought about it. I was like, well, my goal for this year, I was going to do the Fargo Marathon in May of 2023 and use that as a BQ. Like I'm, I'm going to load up, train up for this. And then, okay, well, maybe I'll do MS Run again. Like it'll, it'll, it'll be great. It'll keep me motivated on task, all of those things. So 
got the okay. They wanted to have me back. I was ecstatic to do it. So, okay, let's do this all over again. Uh, November that year, last year, I'd had two of my wisdom teeth out. So that kind of put training off for just a little bit for like a week or two. Which, by the way, in your late 30s. Like, yeah, that's that's, that's a story for another day. Uh, go <laughs> we'll to the, do that on the tooth podcast. That's right. Uh, all tooth all the time. Go to the dentist, my friends. Uh, they they will find stuff like that and help you out. But uh, So had that happen, finally get recovered, start to run again, get a pretty nasty sinus infection. That puts me on the shelf for about a week or two. And so December, I'm kind of starting to round into form. Like, okay getting better, putting in the mileage, like had the whole last week of the year off from work, you know, it was just kind of a holiday for everybody in the office. So we, we had that was running and then new year's Eve go out as I had, you know, tons of times before Lake Zerinsky out by us running the loops there about four and a half miles in. I slipped, rolled my ankle and, uh, didn't just roll it. No, it was much worse. Uh, broke bones on both the inside and outside of my ankle dislocated it as well. And, that was the end of my year. Do you remember that we were supposed to run that week at some point in time? Do we were. Um, I think it was the day before that or maybe two days before that. And it was icy or something. And I remember I, I said like, hey, because we were going to go early. Yep. And then you couldn't run later, I don't think, or whatever. And so we were like, let's just, I was like, I don't, I don't. And, and I, I remember thinking about that a million times after, <laughs> at basically January 1st on. I just remember, wow, we were supposed to run and, and just who knows what happens on that day if we do. I know. know. And, and. And the weird thing was like a couple of days before that, I was down in Lincoln to run with some friends and it had snowed a little bit more down there. And so like the trails were clear, but there was just a little sheet that made it kind of slick in, in the shady areas. And so this was two days before that. And I just remember running there. I was like, oh, this was kind of slick. Like I kind of really had to watch where I was running. And so, yeah, it was it was kind of some ominous foreshadowing, I guess, with what eventually happened. So that's December 31st. You are thinking in, you know, five and a half, six months, I'm going to have to do uh, another however many hundreds. I didn't know if I was going to be able to run again because my my foot was just hanging there. It was like a gruesome football injury. And this was all new to me. I'd never had anything even close to this happening. Last week, Derek and I talked about recovering from injuries and how all of us as runners, I think, beyond just dying, I guess, is like the scariest part <laughs> is if you're really, especially falling in love with it. Yep. It's missing time. It's it's the fear of, first of all, it's, as we talked about earlier, maybe a place of zen for you. So mm-hmm. you lose out on that. Derek mentioned uh, that, that people asked him, like, are you okay? Like, they, they didn't know that maybe he didn't run, but that they could tell he wasn't happy. Um, so you lose out on that. You lose out on on the the endorphin rush. You lose out on fitness. And like I know every time that I'm sick for three days, I'm like, oh my gosh, is this going to destroy my training? And it's like, Josh, the answer, of course, is no. You're dealing with like that, and then also the pressure of what's going to happen in June. Like what mentally? I mean, what was it like? It was difficult. It was it was something new. So I had surgery then four days later, like January 4th, I think it was. And it was just super uncomfortable. I mean, th- thankfully, I was able to be at home and didn't have to, you know, try and get down to work every single day. And so they they let me just work from home because it was my right foot. So that's the driving foot. Couldn't drive, do all that. Um, so it was it was difficult. I mean, I couldn't have gotten through it without without. Lindsay, she was just phenomenal with everything, having to shoulder a lot. I mean, she drove me to the basketball, high school basketball games that I did play by play for in the Fremont area. And so taking the equipment, 
getting me to those games, which I mean, she is not interested in the least in sports, especially, you know, high school sports. High school sports. So she's having to sit there with me, um, you know, I'm doing my thing and not being very comfortable at all with everything, trying to move my foot and, and do all that stuff and just get to a good spot. But yeah, it was, it was hard. I, I had a pretty good mindset with it, I think, just because I knew it was temporary. But there were, I, I can count on three, three different days where just various things happened and I just completely melted down. Just, you know, pity party of one. This is the worst thing ever. One of them was, I think it was like the one day in Omaha we actually got measurable snow in February. I was supposed to have my eight-week checkup. And then at that point, I'd be able to, if everything was fine, which it was, um, would be able to get into a boot and actually like, you know, walk on the boot a little bit, you know, still both crutches, but able to do that. And so then we had to push that out another four days. And I'm just like, yeah, this is terrible. This is just the worst. I, I'm never going to get out of this. This I'm, I'm like this forever. It's all, this all sucks. This is all the worst, you know, woe is me. But it was, um, you know, it was helpful to remember that, yes, it was temporary. And a lot of what got me through it was, the connection to MS and my mom, I was like, man, she would love a day where she could get up and go walk or, you know, even just be able to, to hobble around like I'm doing currently. And so that, that change of perspective really helped me get through it. I think I was pretty grounded through most of it, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. There were a couple of days where I was a big jerk about it and thought it was the worst thing ever. And then I, you know, we all know winters and the first nice spring day and you're like, oh, you know, I know for me and so many of us listening are like, hell yeah, time to go to the trails. This is going to be my best run in months. And you're watching that from inside. <sighs> yeah. Uh, having the, having the patio door open on a 60 degree day in the middle of January. It was the worst thing ever. Did you, did you <laughs> stay on Strava? Like, did you still get on or did you have to like pull back on your use of that app just because it would make you feel something that you didn't want to feel? I thought initially I would pull back on it, but, and I wasn't on it, I don't think, every day, but I did want to go on there. I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of friends that we made through Strava. You're the, you know, we're kind of in the same boat with a lot of this. And so, um, you know, I think the one great, one of the great things about finding running community and finding your tribe with all of this is that you're supportive of other people. And so I knew that they were out there running other things. It crushed me not being able to go out there and run with you or with Derek or anybody else. But, you know, I wanted to still be there in support and I wanted to see what everybody else was up to. Maybe not every single day, but I was, you know, up there, you know. Maybe kind not of on a Saturday or Sunday after the long run. I was like, yeah, this is what I'm missing. This <laughs> yeah. sucks, you know. But no, I was I was on it still enough and, um, you yeah, know, but kind of did pull back a little bit. I tell Riss before we move on, I, I tell her on Saturdays and Sundays, those are my, that's my favorite day to get on that app because I just love seeing people crush long runs. It is oh, just, yeah. it's so much fun to just be like, Oh, wow, that person did 14. Oh, that person did 17. Like, it's just, it makes me smile. Like, all day long, I'm just checking the app and smiling. It's the best day. Heck yeah, and I think most people are kind of that same way, too. Like, oh, I crushed an 18. Well, Chris, he went out and did 16, you know? And a lot of it's like you start early, so, I mean, you're done by lunchtime anyway, and you've got the rest of your Saturday or Sunday. Smashing on a burrito and looking at Strava. Uh, Did you ever have a moment of doubt, like, that... I'm, I mean, you, you said early, like, the initial period of, like, oh, God, I'm not going to be able to do this. I guess let's go... A little bit further past, you know, the initial part when you are able to start walking again, and even when you're first starting to run again, mm-hmm. were you were you confident uh, that you were going to be able to do what you did in June? Not a hundred percent. So I started PT at the end of February, and I just remember the very first time, like trying to walk around the the chair there at PT, where they had kind of done some initial 
like measurements and stretching of my foot and things like that. And so just trying to walk around there without crutches and without being in a boot, just a normal shoe. And I still had the video when I got home and was doing that too. It was just so awkward, but so amazing to look back at that. And so only a few months ago, yeah, just a few months ago, like not even four months ago with all of this. And so I, I remember starting PT and they, they kind of said like, yeah, it'll go pretty quick. Like once you start to kind of feel more comfortable with things, as long as you stay on top of things, like do your stretching at home, like do these extra things. And like, I was putting in the extra work too. Like I'd have PT, but I'd still go to the gym that night and go lift or go put in some miles on the stationary bike or do other things, you know, work up to it. And so just really putting my effort towards it. I had um, one of the other MS runners, she had developed a a similar, um, you know, condition with her injury. And so she was like, yeah, you go attack PT, like go, go hard at it. Don't slack on it. And that will be your saving grace with everything. And so fortunately the prognosis from when the injury happened to when I started PT and everything, it was fairly positive. If they had been like, yeah, this is pretty nasty. Like you're going to have to do all these extra things. It might not work out for you. That might've been too much to overcome, but they were always positive with it. Even when I said, Hey, like my goals are to do the Lincoln half in May and to do MS run in June, which by the way is running 165 miles in six days. Absurd on its own premise by itself, much less after an injury like this. Um, but nobody ever like flat out laughed at me and said, Oh no, 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 that that's not happening. Not, not in a million years. There's no way. And so that had to just make you feel at least you're not doing something dangerous, right? right? Like, cause that's the, I think that's the, the worst case scenario in this is not that, that the running goes poorly for you over the course of a hundred plus miles. It's that you do some long-term damage that you're just never able to recover from. Right. Yeah. And that was the big thing. I mean, I, I got the assurances after the x-rays like, Hey, structurally, everything looks fine. Um, you know, there's, there's eight screws and a plate in your foot now, but they're doing what it's supposed to. And your ankle is structurally how it should be. It's healed. You know, you've done what you've needed to do and 12 weeks have come and gone. And now it's time to get that flexion back in your ankle and work towards that again. And so that was always positive. I was able to keep that in the back of my mind. And then it just became a matter of being more confident with it and, you know, kind of pushing those boundaries a little bit. When, when did you feel, all right, I'm going to, I'm, going to be able to do this and it's and it's going to go okay like what what what's the date of that and i guess and what's the date that you begun began running across nebraska i think it was maybe april 1st that was the very first day i got to run outside it was um so i had been on the anti-gravity treadmill a couple of times um this is probably mid-march when this happens and then did that one week a couple times that week at pt the following saturday i'm at the gym i'm like well I'm going to walk on the treadmill for a bit. Maybe we'll jog. We'll see how it goes. And so I just remember those first steps, like my knee just kind of hurt my right knee because it's, you know, the next joint up. And so I was, you know, compensating. And so I did just under two miles there and I went back to PT the next week and just kind of relayed, hey, I did this and kind of skipped ahead a little bit. And so they were, okay, all right, let's, let's move forward in the plan. And so then... Did that a few more, you know, a few more treadmill sessions, all of that. First run outside was April 1st. And it was just around the track up at Millard West. But kind of told my wife, eh, maybe we'll do like a mile, maybe two miles or something. And then turn into a 5K. So, I mean, it was, you know, 13 times around there, which is its own form of psychosis, I think, going that many times around the track. Yeah. But we did it, uh, you know, finished in a little over 30 minutes. But I was I was so excited. I think from that point on, 
I, I was like, okay, this this is getting easier. Like I'm not I'm not gonna be as fast as I want to be, but this is a time to really like focus on form. And obviously, I had the appreciation for it. I, I loved every second of being able being able to be out there and do it again. Um, I love the way that you discussed the last few months in a video that that they released earlier this week when we're recording it, um, where it, it talks about kind of your background and why you why you did this, but also then your journey throughout the course of 2022. And, and you talked about the looks of doubt that you would get. Uh, and how you didn't want to prove people wrong, but you wanted to prove the people that believed in you right. And that's what you ended up doing over the course of, you know, all of those days and, and all of those miles. I mean, you said by April 1st, you believe that you can do it. Do, do you still feel that exact same way on the day in which you're about to set off and run all those miles? 100%. I mean, it was a thing where I knew it was was going to get done. How that looked, I wasn't quite sure of. I didn't. I knew it was going to be slower paced. I knew there was probably going to be a little bit more walking in there and just trying to, you know, make it a different run than when I'd done it before. Um, and so I I was pretty confident in that I was going to be able to get it done. I think it was maybe in May because most of April was just learning how to run again. And But that time, as I hinted to just a moment ago, a lot of that was like really focusing in on form and like really running comfortably, which I think when I had trained two years prior, it was not that way. It was just like fast run, you know, let's run hard, let's get the miles in and, you know, I can can do anything I need to. But this time it was a lot more focused, a lot more measured, um, you know, had a lot more wisdom with it, really. And so that, I think, was really important for the journey because then once May hit, we do the Lincoln Half Marathon. It goes all right. Like, I was maybe a little slower than I wanted to be, but at the same time remembering, hey, this is this is a big deal. I hadn't run this distance, you know, <laughs> in a long time, but I was able to do it and didn't have any issues with it. And so the rest of May was just kind of putting on those miles and, you know, eventually peaking at about 50 a week, which, you know, you eclipse that in two days of MS run. So it was a lot of work still to be done. But I felt pretty confident at that point. Once I was running, I think I, I ran with you guys on a Sunday morning, and then ran with Derek alone on a Sunday as well the following week. And so I, I got through those and was like, okay, I'm pretty sure we can do this. Like, this is going to happen. I, I remember we had a conversation at some point in the lead up to it. And, you know, this obviously means a ton to you personally and, and you know, raising money for a great organization and a great cause. And then you, you of course, have like two very important people in your life that this has affected. Um, so you had all that. But you also told me that you were like, I'm also excited to do this for myself yeah. because like you've gone through a lot of shit over the last couple of years um, and especially the last six months. So for you to get to do this too, where it's not just for the, the greater good, if you will, but also it meant something for you. And like, I thought that that was such a cool part where as I'm following along every single day and I'm seeing the mileage that you're putting in, I'm like happy for you. And that was really cool to watch. It was. And I think even in a weird way, like going back to, when you talk about trying to prove people right, you know, I did feel a little bit of pressure to get it done. You know, all the media stories I had done, all the places that, you know, I'd been interviewed, you know, so this is pretty, you know, well publicized. Like, hey, this dude's doing this. Like, we'll, we'll hopefully have a successful follow-up with it. And then just the people who had donated, not only just this time around, but had donated previously as well. I mean, like, they have all this faith in me to not only do something good for the organization, but to to run this absurd amount of miles and do this absurd thing that not many people get to do. And 
But I think with that, yeah, it definitely motivated me. It was it was almost a sense of relief when I finished. But, you know, going back to what you said about, you know, doing it for myself, you know, that's something I think I forget about a lot is that, yeah, I, I run for me first and foremost. I mean, that's the, the thing that, you know, anytime you're doing, you know, a fitness program or you're doing something to do a good thing, you're trying to do some or any sort of routine. I mean, you're doing it for yourself because you're interested in it. And, you know, maybe it's time that I, I start to feel like I do this for me. Like I do the races for me. Like this is, this is all for me. I mean, it's for my wife a lot too. I mean, this time around, I think it was maybe more so for, for me and my wife because, it, you know, we're a team with all of this. I mean, she helps crew the races that I go and do and all of this. And, um, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, she's the reason I was able to, you know, be able to attack rehab and, and do all those things. And so, yeah, it was kind of weird. It was a very different experience, like after the fact last time, because versus last time, you know, and this time, just because I do have to remember that, yeah, I do do this for me. Does it, uh, does running that distance make you want to do ultras? Eh, you know, I, I'll never say never because I remember when people asked me if I would ever do a full marathon and I thought, oh no, I'd never be crazy enough to do that. And then signed up for one like six months later and then even further than that. But yeah, I, I don't know, like the 50 and 100 mile races or the 24 hour things, that's just a lot, man. Like a few hours is fine, I guess, on a Saturday or a Sunday, whenever a race might be, maybe, maybe a 50 K, I guess, like, I guess it would be, it'd be pretty cool to add that to the, to the arsenal of, you know, things done, but I'll say never, never say never with any of these, but a lot of those runs are like on trails for one. And so I was already kind of apprehensive about trail running just because I would, you know, do something stupid and stumble. And then, Hey, I actually did it on regular ground. So maybe um, that'd be better for you to do. Eh, trail. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, a little more apprehension there still remains. We'll see maybe a 50 K in the near future, but I, I don't know. It would take something pretty interesting to get to a 50 or a hundred mile race. So uh, there, there was a listener of the podcast recently who was like, Hey, I'm getting into running. What would you recommend or or what piece of whether it's headphones or shoes or shorts or shirts, what would you recommend? And and said, I would love to hear the answer from your guests. And so you're going to be the first person that I ask. Okay. And and I, basically what I want to do over the next few episodes is kind of build an outfit. And so you get to choose. You can you get the whole board, whether it's headphones, shoes, shorts, what's the, the item that you would recommend to a to a new runner and say, this is what I can't go without when I go out for a, a run? So for me, I would, I would start with the, the running socks. I'm a big fan of Bombas running socks. Like those have been my go-to pretty much throughout. Um, Brooks shoes, which I know a lot of people that run a lot, Brooks is kind of thought of as more of a novice kind of thing. But, you know, for me, especially right now, Stability is big, so I have to have that. Um, so, you know, good pair of, you know, the Adrenalines or the Ghosts. Those are solid trainers. You're going to get the miles in off of those. They're durable. Um, you know, if you want to make, if you want to get the the guide rails or whatever. I mean, yeah, that that's works. what I have. The, those, yeah, the, I have the guide rails with the Adrenalines. They're great. Um, and then I think the, the, the shocks, the headphones. I mean, those are great, too, because those are ones that it's the bone conduction. So it's outside. So you of can your, still hear everything. Yeah, you can still hear it. And um you know, it just works out great. So I think those three things are the biggest. Right. The, the watch, I still have my, my Garmin that I've had, the, the Vivo Active 4S. So that allows me to play the music with it as well. 
Um, yeah, I'd say those four things. I mean, I'm pretty much set. Oh, and sunglasses. Have to have sunglasses. I have a pair of Shady Rays, but they're more of the running specific ones. And they, they look like ski goggles and they kind of have a, a very serious like Macho Man Randy Savage yes, vibe to them. Yes, they do. Cream of the crop. Uh, but no, they're those are phenomenal. I love those sunglasses and I uh, can't run without the sunglasses. What's next? What's I mean, you you you've mentioned BQ multiple times in this. I I obviously I've, I've talked about that with you offline. Like I know that that is yeah. that's a goal. What what's though? What's the near term look like? Near term, I believe Des Moines will be in my future doing the full marathon there. So I know that's one that you're doing. I will be there. I think I'll work up towards that. Um, there's a couple of other races I may be thinking about. Uh, the usual standbys in the fall, uh, market to markets, good life halves, you will do those. Right now, I don't have anything um, for race-wise in the, in, the, in the near term. So I think one thing that was very important to rediscover during all of this was just the love for running again. And I think that when, you know, I kind of struggled throughout post MS run 2021 and all of 2022 was that I didn't have that excitement anymore. It seemed like, Oh, I got to drag myself out to do these miles. And then if it didn't go well, then, Oh, it was just, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. But you know, when, when something like that is taken from you and you can't do it anymore, um, you know, it, it's hundred percent true. It really helped me appreciate that a lot more. And so now that I have that enjoyment back, I think that, you know, a conversation we'd had a, a long time ago about this was, you know, maybe it's not so much about the racing. Maybe it's about just the love of doing it, like falling in love with the grind as, as it goes. And that's something that I've have fallen in love with again. I mean, it's hard to beat a Saturday or Sunday morning out there with the guys out there with a the group that you're running with, just having that, that camaraderie, that looseness, that, that shared goal that you have. I mean, we're all pretty different people. I mean, the, the group that we kind of run with, it's all different dudes from different places, but you know, we get out there and run and none of that matters. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything. You know, you just go out there and run, you put in the miles and you have that shared experience. So I don't know. I think a lot of it is just falling back in love with that grind, you know, putting in the miles. And then, you know, if there is a race here and there, try and think about that. But, you know, I think that was a that was a lesson that took a while to learn, too. And, you know, something that's, you know, getting back into the, the purposeful running, running for MS. That's something that, unfortunately, a lot of people have had taken from them. They they can't run anymore. They don't have their mobility. Um, you know, my mom has been wheelchair bound, so she hasn't been able to walk or do things like that for a long time. And, that really made me appreciate that a little bit more and to really, really put a put a premium on each and every time out running. It might just be a one or two mile run, but you know what? It's better than a no mile run. You get out there and do it and you just have the most fun doing it. Yeah. Along those lines, you, you said, you know, rediscovering it. And one of the, the phrases that I've heard people say is like, hey, you don't have to run. You get to run. Yep. And, and every night before Riss and I go to bed, we always talk about what, you know, what was the best part of your day? We started it during the pandemic as a way just to try to find one, at least one good thing that happened during the day. And we talk about it every day. What was the best part of your day and what do you have going on tomorrow? And so often I will say I have to run, you know, like tomorrow. I have to run four miles. And I, I need to be better about saying I get to run four miles because I do. I get to run four miles. I have to imagine that that phrase is going to land a very particular way with you now than it would have six months ago. You get to run however many miles tomorrow. You don't it, have to run. Absolutely. hundred percent. And so it's just it's back in the routine. You get to do it now. It's um, 
you know, it's it's embracing that challenge. It's not slinking away from those hard runs. It's realizing, hey, this is pretty cool. Like, hey, not a lot of people in your day-to-day life go out and decide to run 20 miles on a Saturday morning or, you know, even 10 miles on a Saturday morning. Uh, this is a very, very cool thing that kind of binds us all together and kind of ties us all together. And so I just, I always come back, my, my, my big motivating thing, not only just that, you know, we get to do this, is that the heart is what makes it great. I mean, it's, it's an old quote from A League of Their Own, movie with Tom Hanks. He says it, you know, if it, you know, things are easy, you know, they don't, people don't just do hard things because they're hard, that, you know, the hard, that's what makes it great. That's why people do it is because it's a hard thing to do. And, you know, that just always sticks with me, whether it's, you know, doing MS run or just running in general. I mean, this is not a sport that is very easy. It's not a pastime that's, uh, that's um, you know, rewarding all the time. But when it is, man, it's flipping great. Yeah. And, and along those lines, like I, I've said this a bunch now, and I'll probably say this on like every, almost every episode, but the metal is really cool. And the beer is really cool. Like I love race day and I love the fruits of the labor, like it's it's a culmination of everything. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But man, if I didn't love, I seriously, I feel like I've written this like 800 times. If <laughs> I didn't love going out for a 15-mile race or a 15-mile run, excuse me, on a Wednesday in July, like it, it, none of that other stuff would matter. And that's I think the biggest change in my life over the last few years. Like I was talking with one of my brothers recently, um and he said this a couple times. He's like I love the marathon, like doing the marathon. He's done, he did Chicago with me in 2019. I love that. The the time though of the week, like I just, I can't do it. I can't, I can't make time for it. That long windup I used to ask you this. What's your favorite part about running? It's a good question. I don't know if I have a specific one. I think just the accomplishment when you're done, especially if you go out early in the morning and, you know, maybe you're bumming around on a Saturday or something and, kind of working up toward, you know, some yard work or you're running some errands or something. And then all of a sudden, oh, the day's completely gone. Like, where did it go? Like, where'd your Saturday go? Or you're spending it all day, you know, watching college football or whatever the case might be. But I think there's just something that you wake up early, you do the miles, you know, you put in like 10 miles, 12, 20, whatever it is. And, you know, oh, it's it's like eight or nine o'clock in the morning. I've still got most of my day. I've accomplished what I've wanted to. It's just been great. Um, you know, and it's just it's it's a feeling that's hard to replicate. I know a lot of people that'll work out in the morning really early because that's when they have time for it. And it's it's very similar to that. But just just that accomplishment, it just kind of helps you stay disciplined. I think it also helps you stay motivated for everything it's really hard to find that with other things. And so if you were able to to really get your day off to a great start like that and, and have that accomplished already, uh, I mean, there's it's just it, it's really hard to duplicate, I think. Uh, the name of the podcast is Chasing Three Hours, of course, after my, my goal and my chase of three hours. Uh, we finish every podcast asking our guests about what they're chasing. It could be a literal time goal that you have. It could be qualifying for something, uh, or it could just be a feeling. Chris Whitney, what are you chasing right now? I would say chasing that Boston qualifier, but just chasing a better racing year, I think, this year. Now that I have these kind of experiences behind me, um, you know, better training, I guess, outlooks and better training mechanisms in place. Like, yeah, let's let's go back to the days of setting PRs with most of my races. I mean, I haven't set a PR in a couple of years. You know, my last one was doing the uh, the Good Life Havsy virtual edition in 2021. Once it got rained and stormed out, I did a 
a solo one a few days later and I got to 135.50, I think it is. Yeah, just under 136 for a half. And so since then, I've not set any PRs. I mean, back in the early days when I got back into running, it was like, yeah, every time out was a PR. This is awesome. Like, I knew that plateau was going to come, but man, it came pretty quick. And so, yeah, let's let's go out there. Let's mix it up. Let's find a new PR at a 5K distance or let's set a new 10K PR. Maybe it's a half. Maybe it's a full. I don't know what it is, but above all else, let's go have fun. You know, let's just embrace those Saturday, Sunday long runs, whatever it is. Let's let's not take any of those moments for granted. And, you know, who knows? I mean, somebody might be inspired by what you're going to do out there and run. I've, I've had a countless messages from people that I, I still feel like it's kind of imposter syndrome, like by me, really? I mean, I just go out there and run. I mean, it's not a big deal, but, you know, people see that. They see the discipline. They see the motivation. And, you know, that can carry over into other things. So, just having more fun, I think, would be the, the, the short answer to a very long explanation. Chris Whitney, thank you for joining me today on Chasing Three Hours. My pleasure. I had a blast, man. Thanks again to Chris Whitney for joining me on today's episode. Huge thanks to Ian Alio for music and sound design. Also, thanks to Riss for the cover art. Head to Chasing3Hours.com for more from me, including my weekly newsletter, as I write about my experience training for the 2024 Boston Marathon. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and maybe share with a friend as well. New episodes will drop on Friday mornings. Enjoy your long run this weekend.